0: joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Well, hallelujah. How's everybody doing? Are you ready for some word this morning? All right. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to Acts chapter 26. We have been talking on the kingdom of God for quite some time, but recently we entered into the scripture that the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in what? Power, in power, say power. Power. I believe there is a new level, not just because we sing that song, but there's a new level in faith, in what we need faith in. Most of the faith that we've had so far in the church and in our lives have been for things that we need. Yet the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be... So as long as our priorities are correct, we should never have to pray for things that we need because those things should be being added to us because we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his I mean, it's pretty simple. So what we want to do, we want to extend our faith to other levels of other things that we may not be aware of. So I am here to make sure that you become aware of things that are important to you in your walk and in your life so that you can live victoriously. How many of you want to live victoriously? Well, good. Half of you. Praise. Good. That's good. Thank God. All right. Acts chapter 26. Look at verse 16. But Jesus said to Paul, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan under the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. How many know this was a call on Paul's life? He lays it out right here. But notice, I want to show you two things. It says power of Satan and power of God. Say power of Satan. Power of, Satan. Power of God. Power. Now notice, when we talk about spiritual things, we talk about supernatural things. There are only two supernatural powers. That's it. There is the power of God, and there is a power of Satan. How many of you know that you're spiritual beings? So as spiritual beings, you want to live a supernatural lifestyle. In order to do that, you have to have supernatural power active in your life to live above this natural realm that's going on in the world today. And there's only two powers. There's God's power and there's Satan's power. So on the inside of every single person, even whether they're born again or not, I believe, there's a hunger in your heart to have power. There's a hunger in your heart to be able to deal with circumstances and situations that come your way so that you live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You were created with dominion in the beginning to rule over and manage things in your life, basically, so that you could live this kind of lifestyle. So since there's a hunger in the heart of every person, that's why we, some people, some people out there pursuing things other than God's power because there's other powers out there. Come on, there's satanic power out there. There's a the new age. There's the occult. They're psychics, They're Satanism, and we see people gravitating towards that stuff and we think, how can people actually think about that and do that kind of stuff? Well, it's because there's a natural hunger on the inside of every person who's born into this world for something supernatural. And since the church has not taught on the supernatural, yeah. then nobody can gravitate towards that supernatural. They're looking for some supernatural. And how many know all the other ones are out there waiting for them? Yeah. And I, you talk about the world, but let's just talk about the church. People in the church basically do not know that there's a supernatural power that they have or a supernatural realm that they can go to, so they are even going to gravitate towards something supernatural, even if it's not of God, even though they're born again. So it's essential for us to find out that there's supernatural power of God available to us in our life to fill that void, so we'll not be searching for other things out there that we think are going to make us happy and content with power. Are you following me this morning? I mean, you can do whatever, it can be money, it can be Satanism, it can be a cult, it can be religion, it can be anything out there that will, you will gravitate towards if you do not fill the void in your heart with what God has already provided for you, and that is God's power. The source of God's power is who? God, isn't it? The source of the devil's power is who? The devil. So notice, there's the two sources. There's only two sources that you'll be gravitating towards, either God's power or the Satan's power. And most of the people in the world are gravitating towards Satan's power. But God is moving in a direction right now, I believe, thank God, finally, to raise up people in the church who understand the ability and the power of God that's already on the inside of them, that's been placed there, not by their works, not by their efforts, but been placed there because Jesus went to the cross and provided those things for us. And on the inside now you have the Spirit. We sang it this morning, resurrection power is on the inside of you. And that power will start to rise up on the inside of people as they put faith in that power that's on the inside of them. And we're going to see demonstrations, not just in the church, not just in the revival meeting, not just in the SEND ministry, but every single day of our lives in the church's place and the gravities and the grocery stores and all those things out there, we are going to see the power of God demonstrated and manifested when people put faith in the power of God that's on the inside of them. Say inside of them. So I believe God is taking us to a new level. That song's a, you know, it's a funky song. It's a great song, but there is a new level for you to go to. How many of you have arrived? Come on, you know Don. well, you, none of you have arrived yet. There's a place for you to go. There's a deeper place for you to go. There's more to understand. There's more revelation knowledge there. So what are we going to do? We are going to yield either to God's power or we're going to yield to satanic power. And how do we do that? Well, we know we yield to God's power through something called faith. How many know faith? So then unbelief would be a yielding to unbelief. So we're either in faith or we're in unbelief in the situation. Fear and doubt will basically take you in the other direction. All right, go to Acts chapter 19. I think there's an anointing here this morning to preach rather than teach this morning. So if I get going too fast, that's just the way it's going to be. All right, Acts chapter 19, look at verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, come to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not even so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. How many know this was a church? This was a church of believers who basically were born again, loved Jesus with all their heart, but they had a problem. They never even heard of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know if they've never heard of the Holy Ghost, Believe in the Holy Ghost, there's a good chance they were not cooperating with the Holy Ghost that they didn't believe that they had? Hallelujah. How many of you know there's Christians today, born again, who do not realize that they have an anointing on the inside, they have the Holy Ghost on the inside, basically. To be honest with you, you are in a minority this morning. Just because you go here, you think everybody believes in God on the inside of you, the power of God, the anointing of God. Just go out there and talk to a few of them and that'll settle that for you. I'll tell you, you're in a minority this morning. You are ones who have found out that you don't have to beg God, don't have to plead with God, but God has placed power on the inside of you simply because you got born into his family and you're a son and daughter of the living God. Hallelujah. You don't have to live helpless anymore. You don't have to live powerless anymore. You don't have to bow down to circumstances, situations. You don't have to be a victim anymore because you're being taught about the power of God and the anointing of God that's on the inside of you. You have the ability of God this morning in you and on you. You really do. You have the ability of God on the inside of you this morning. You have no excuse for living an ordinary life anymore, praise God. Is it possible to be born again and live unanointed? Of course it is. You can have whatever you want in the kingdom of God, praise God. People say, well, can a Christian have a devil? I believe a Christian can have whatever they want to have. Whatever you go after, whatever you seek after, that's basically what you'll have. So notice, here was a church that doesn't even know about the Holy Ghost. Go to John chapter 1. All right, John chapter 1, look at verse 29. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon him thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. That same is he who will baptize with who? The Holy Ghost. Now, if you don't read any more of the Bible, you know exactly what Jesus was sent here to do just by these scriptures. Number one, he was sent here to take away the sins of the world. What for? To change your nature so that you could become a righteous or in right standing vessel with God. How many of you received him as your Lord and Savior? How many of you are in right standing with God this morning? Not because you did anything good, but by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But notice part two. Not only salvation, but he is also the baptizer with who? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Most of the church stops at the one and never moves on to the second one. If you're going to live victoriously, you've got to go beyond your new birth experience. and You've got to step into a place where you understand that Jesus has now baptized you with someone called the Holy Ghost. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. Alright, Acts chapter one. First of all, let's just read verse three so we know what he's talking about. Jesus says it says, To whom also talking about Jesus showed himself alive after his passion and many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to what? Kingdom, kingdom, of, God. God. kingdom of God. So we know we're talking to the kingdom about the kingdom of God, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, look at verse five. Jesus says, For John truly baptized with water, how I many you know he did? Yeah. But you shall be baptized with the." Uh, Not many days hence. So here's Jesus about ready to go. He says, it's great. You got baptized with John, hallelujah, in the water. But there's going to be something coming soon. As soon as I get out of here and I send him, pretty soon you're going to be baptized with who? The Holy Ghost. Ghost. Now, how many of you, when you got baptized in water, came out wet? Come on, you did, didn't you? You had to come out wet. Well, now, he uses that term baptized there in the Holy Ghost, I think, for the same reason. Because when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, how many know you came out soaked or wet with the Spirit of God in your spirit, man? Praise God. It's a typo. Jesus is trying to get a point across. He says, "Were well, you're wet when you came out? Yeah. Well, then you're going to be awful wet when you come out of the Holy Ghost after you be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. People wonder why you can do like this, and sometimes people will fall down. Well, some of your wetness flew and hit them. Are you following me? You can get close to someone and it moves and touches them and they get touched by the Holy Ghost. Why is that? Because you are soaked, if you only knew it, by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You've been baptized. Look at verse 8. Jesus says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the Earth." earth. Notice, you shall receive God's power or God's ability when... After the Holy Ghost comes upon you. In other words, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you now become a supernatural person. Say I am a supernatural person. I choose to operate in the ability that God has given me to live like a supernatural person. Notice what's gonna happen, but you shall receive power of the after the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall go witnessing. No, that's not what it says doesn't say that. There's a big difference, isn't it, between going witnessing and being a witness. You can go witnessing on one Thursday night of your whole life and be done, but you've got to be a witness 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Come on now. And how are you going to be witnessing in your attitudes and your actions and in the power of God that comes from the inside of you to touch other people's lives as a demonstration of who lives on the inside of me. So notice there's more to Christianity than just being saved. There is a powerful lifestyle for us to enter into where we're living above the natural realm, the worries and cares and all those things, praise God, into a place where we're living in power 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Go to Psalm 22. Whenever the Lord leads me in this direction, all I can say is thank you, Jesus. Because this is a fire, I'll tell you what, that burns on the inside of me, and has burned on the inside of me since I basically came in the ministry, and that is to take Christians out of the lifestyle of looking like the world, and looking like an, a defeated victim, and looking like people who can't do anything, and raising them up into a level to understand that they have become part of a family that's a supernatural breed of people who can operate in the power of God 24-7. they got words of wisdom. They've got words of knowledge available to you. You should never make a dumb decision as long as you're hooked up to the Holy Ghost. Every decision you make will be a right one, and people will see that into your lives, we got... Some many Christians living beneath their privileges had been put there by God. If Jesus went to the cross for it, I want it. Thank God I didn't have to go to the cross for it. He did. So I'll take it, praise God. Now, if he said, you've got to go to the cross to get what I provided for you, then I ain't gone, praise God, because I don't want to go to no cross. Sorry. Maybe a little wimpy, but that's just the way it is, praise God. But he already provided it for us. Everything is already here. We've just got to learn to receive it. All right, Psalm 22. This is a messianic psalm. Do you know what that means? It's a psalm about Jesus, isn't it? All right, 22, look at verse 16. It says, For the dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they have pierced my hands and my feet. So we know it's talking about Jesus, don't we? Verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste thee to help me." Verse 20, "'Deliver my soul from the sword, from the darling, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of a unicorn. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation I will do what?' Praise Praise thee. All right, look at verse 16, "'For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, for they pierced my hands and my feet. Now who's the dog, do you think, in this scripture? Who's the dogs he talking about? For dogs have surrounded. What's he talking about? He's talking about the power of the devil, isn't he? He's talking about the power of Satan here. Basically, he's calling Satan a dog in his place. Look at verse. Say power of the dog. Power of the dog. Say Jesus called him a dog. Jesus called him a dog. Now let me just clarify. I got to do this just because I got to do this. Dogs in them days were a lot different than dogs in this day. <laughs> You understand, a dog was a low thing back there. A log dog just walked around and found any garbage it could eat, and it, it, it ran all over the place. It, it wasn't petted, and it wasn't pruned, and it wasn't ribbons in its hair, and it wasn't... Come on now. i got to say this, because if you see that kind of dog, you're going to think the devil's a pretty good character. But he's not. The other one, he was a dog. Say dog. Dog. Jesus called him a dog for a reason, because dogs back then were dogs. They weren't going to vets. They weren't doing all these things. They were simply low-life animals who walked around and basically ate garbage most of the time. Are you following? Hallelujah. So Satan, that's why he calls Satan a dog. Say dog. All right, look at verse 21. It says, save me from the lion's mouth. Who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Satan, ain't he? The the devil as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. devour. So what do we see here? We are seeing a battle between God's power and the dog. Mm -hmm. There's a battle going on right here. It's taking place at the cross. There's a struggle between good and evil, a struggle between the power of God and the power of the dog. Now the good news is the power of God won. Hallelujah. He broke the power of the dog here, and He broke the power of the lion here. Jesus defeated the power of the dog once and for all at the cross. Praise God. Now watch what He does. Even before He does it, He prophesies about it. So He's all done in verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorn. How many know He didn't go to the cross yet? And on the other side, he said, I'm going to declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. What's he saying? Even though it hasn't happened yet, I'm telling you the dog's defeated forever. Even though I haven't defeated the devil yet, he's already going to be defeated. I'm telling you why. Jesus was a faith person. Jesus knew through scripture what was coming, what was going to come. He was going to declare to the body of Christ basically that the dog is defeated. The lion's mouth is now shut. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go in that authority, praise God. Go in my name, cast out devils. Go in my name, heal the sick. Why? I've defeated the dog once and for all. And you now have the power of God coming to you in your life. And the dog's defeated. Say the dog. The dog. Some people say, well, don't call the devil, daddy will heal you. Dog, dog, dog. I'm telling you right now, if you're afraid of the devil, you're not going to do much for the kingdom of God. The dog has been defeated, praise God. All right, glory to God. Go to 2nd Hebrews chapter 14. Yes, he's a dog. Well, you know, I mean, Hebrews 2. Can't confuse me this morning. I'm in a good vein this morning. You can't do nothing. Dog. You ought to talk to him that way in your own life, you know what? Get out of here, dog. Get out of my head, dog. Get off my body, dog. All right, Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse 14, basically explains the same thing. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, how many of you are partaking of flesh and blood, Jesus himself also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is who? And deliver them, thank you, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what's it saying? It's saying when Jesus went to the cross and good met evil and the power of God met the power of the devil, the power of Jesus was enough to destroy the devil's power once and for all. The dog has been defeated on the cross. He destroyed the power of death. What for? To deliver you. Say to deliver me. me. All right, go to Acts chapter 10. All right, Acts chapter 10, look at verse 38. Been here before, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice here it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. What did He do once He got anointed? He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. Why did He heal all? Because He had something called the anointing. Say the anointing. Now, last week or the week before, if you were here, we found out in 1 John that you have an anointing. Say, I have the anointing. Say, I really do. I have the anointing. All right, Well, this scripture here, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, how many know this is before the cross? This is before Jesus went to the cross. So even before the cross, we see here, God's power was even stronger then. Than the devil's power because Jesus hadn't even gone and defeated him yet on the cross. So God's power was still stronger. Now, why did he go to the cross? Did he go to the cross so he could be anointed? He already was, wasn't he? The only reason why he went to the cross is so that you could be anointed. The cross is all about you, not about him. Whatever he did was for you, everything on the cross. He did nothing for himself on the cross. It was all done so that mankind could be anointed. Now, when did you get the anointing? When you had goosebumps? When you fasted and prayed for three weeks? No. When did you get the, ho- when did, almost gave it away. When did you get the anointing? <laughs> when the Holy Ghost came upon you. It's pretty good when they give you the answer before they ask the question. You guys are doing really well when I do that. Thank you, praise God. Yeah, when the Holy Ghost came upon you, you received what? Power. power. Say power. Power. Now, we know that Jesus in the River Jordan went and he got baptized. When he got baptized, the Holy Ghost came upon him and at that time he got anointed and the Spirit of God came upon him. How many blind eyes did Jesus open at the age of 28? None. How many uh, crippled people did he raise up at the age of 25? None. None. How many did he raise from the dead at the age of 15? None. None. Why? Even though he was God and man on earth, he did not have the anointing to do those things until the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him the ability to heal all those that were oppressed by the? Now, let me ask another question. Is God sovereign? He is a sovereign God. Does God love all his people? Does he love all humanity and mankind? Does he want the best for them? Well, how many know there was sickness and disease before Jesus was anointed? There were people down and out before Jesus was anointed. There was people oppressed before Jesus was anointing. What was a sovereign God doing? Taking a break? If he loved the people, why didn't he do something? But because he's not chosen to do it. He does it through mankind by putting the anointing of God upon mankind. And we are the ones responsible for setting the world free, not him. And this is good because I'll tell you what, if you really understand this, you'll never get mad at God again. Well, God didn't heal them. God wasn't going to heal them. God sent you to heal them, praise God. So, I sent humans to heal them. If God could heal everybody, how I many know there wouldn't be any sickness and disease in the land at all? How I mean, know everybody would be born again right now if God could have his way? But he doesn't. He gave that dominion and he gave the control of the earth over to mankind. So what happened? Jesus got anointed with the Holy Ghost. He went about healing all who were being blessed by God. All those who what? Oppressed. oppressed. By who? The dog. The dog. Yeah. Oppressed by the dog. Say they were Oppressed. By the dog. dog. Now, the word oppressed there, and you're not going to like this, is to mean under the dominion of or ruled over by the dog. So here it tells you that sickness, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Here it says sickness means if you have sickness, you're under the dominion of the dog. Mm -hmm. Don't shout me down because I'm telling you the truth. See, you're certainly not under the power of God. Oh, no, he puts it on me to teach me something. Well, no, you ain't gonna learn a whole lot from that. See, so if it's demonic oppression here that Jesus dealt with, then sickness is basically not of God. It's of the devil, and is to be under the dominion of something. But notice, we have been given something that has greater power and greater dominion than the oppression of the dog, because the dog has now been defeated by the cross, and we have been given the anointing of God on the inside of us that is powerful, more powerful than the dog. I, people say, to me, why, do, why are we having so much trouble? Do you really want to know? Do you really want to know why we're having so much trouble? Okay. Because we have more faith in sickness than we do in the power of God that's in our life getting quieter and quieter that's all right you need to hear this this morning that tells me you need to know something this morning that's why i mean turn on the tv all they talk about is this drug it can do this and this drug and can do that and this person's sick and this one's dying this one's got diabetes this got that this got that this got that nobody ever comes on and says you have holy ghost power And in the next 30 seconds, I'm just going to tell you how wonderful you are and how you can cast out devils and heal the sick. See, this stuff is being pounded and pounded and pounded into a place where we're more faith in sickness and disease than we have in the power of God that's on the inside of us. Are you listening to me? You're going to have faith in whatever you hear. Faith comes by? Unbelief comes by? I better move on. Man, oh man, that ain't working out to do it. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. That's what it is. And I'll tell you what, you want to know when you'll become a fighter? When you believe sickness and disease is of the dog. See, if it's just, that's just the way we go, that's just the way everybody is, that's just the way it happens. No, that's dog material right there, praise God. That's what it is. So what am I going to do? I'm going to stand fast in the liberty where where Christ has set me free, praise God. And I'm not going to agree with it, I'm not going to help it, I'm not going to coax it along. I'm going to take my stand, praise God. And I'm going to take my stand as divine health has already been given to me, it's already been provided for me. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy in my life, and he's not going to do it in Jesus' name. Come on, the righteous are supposed to be bold as lions, the Bible says. And the wicked run when nobody's chasing them. Right. If you just get bold, you won't have to chase him. He'll run anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Praise God. There's some things in our life we have accepted, and it's because we've been taught. Mm-hmm. All right, moving right along, praise God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. best indication I ever saw in that scripture is one who said Jesus went about healing how many? See before that I was taught that God heals some doesn't heal others. Sometimes God teaches you through sickness so he puts a little sickness on you so you get stronger and that you and then you get closer to him and a lot of people do actually when they get sick or go, go after him more and all these things and that's what I was taught and that's what I believed but then I thought if Jesus went around healing all that were oppressed by the devil then him and the father were in a battle. Because the father put sickness on somebody to teach him, and then Jesus came along and had the nerve to heal him. How are they ever going to learn anything? And I started getting confused. How many ever got confused? Yeah. yeah. Happens all the time. I'm thinking, well, something's wrong, or either I've been taught wrong, or Jesus and the father were fighting each other, and i got to make up my determine which it was. Well, since the father and Jesus are one, that was pretty easy to answer there. So I either had to change the way I believe, say so change the way I believe, change. and sometimes I'll tell you what, that's the toughest thing. Because we're comfortable where we're believing now. See? I've got to go in a different direction here. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks and TCVCites, Christ is the power of God and the. Say power of God. Say wisdom of God. So notice, another word for the power of God and the wisdom of God is Christ. Another word for the power of God is the Holy Ghost. So another word for the power of God is the anointing. So whether you're saying anointing, Holy Ghost, or Christ, you're basically saying the power of God. That's why they called him Jesus. Why did they call him Jesus Christ? Because Jesus was anointed. Are you following me? Otherwise, he'd just been Jesus. This is Jesus. Once he got anointed, he was Jesus So at times in my own life, I look at myself and I say that, I'm Tom Christ. Come on, I've got an anointing in my life, praise God. I'm just not somebody ordinary, praise God. If he was Jesus Christ, then I can be Tom Christ because he gave me the Christ anointing that's in my life. And and I'll tell you what, you do it in the church and everybody wants to get mad at you. And that's the reason why they're living in defeat because they don't understand the power of God that's been given to them and placed on the inside of them. So Christ here is the power of God. How many know Christ is bigger than the devil? More power than the devil. All right, go to first or go to Colossians chapter one. All right, Colossians chapter one, look at verse twenty five. says, Paul says, Whereof I have been made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you, and that is to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest or known to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is... Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. So if this is the way you you become perfect and mature in Christ, then it's definitely... Got to be known that Christ in you has to be one of the major revelations that you get if you're going to mature. And he said that's how people get mature in Christ, when I preach Christ basically to them in the power of God. This was prophesied. Joel said in the last day, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Haggai said the glory of the will fill the church sooner or later. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you somebody called who? The Holy Ghost. So here's Paul. Paul was called not to prophesy Christ, not to talk about his coming. Paul was here to tell everybody that he's already here, that the anointing is already available to people. He did not come, and the mystery was not basically God coming back from heaven, Christ coming back out of the third heaven, of you going to heaven. The mystery was Christ was going to take up residence on the inside of born-again believers. See Ellen, when you laid hands on that lady that day, Christ in you, through you, healed them. Do you understand that? That's all what happened. To you, it was probably confusing that it even happened. You know, you're saying, how did this possibly happen? Well, how did it happen? Because Christ is on the inside of each and every one of us. And the more revelation you get from that, the more you're going to be bolder to do what you've been called to be. Because it's not basically you. It's the Christ on the inside of you that flows through you. So he was not preaching Christ in heaven. He was not preaching about you going to heaven. He was preaching about Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say, Christ. In me. In me the power of God, in me, say the anointing, in me is my hope of manifesting everything or the glory that was placed on the inside of me. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First right, Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is what? Power. So notice, the preaching of the cross to them that are unsaved is foolishness, but the preaching of the cross to us that are saved is what? Power. Now, this is completely opposite of what I was taught again. I was taught to preach the cross to people who aren't saved, to get them saved, and once they get saved, there's no sense preaching the cross anymore because now they've been saved, and that's what you're called to do is get them saved to begin with. And why was it that way? Because all we believe Christianity was at one time was to get saved and go to heaven. You're saved, now you're going to heaven. Don't have to preach you the cross anymore, you're doing fine. But notice here it says the preaching of the cross to them that are saved, it is what? The The power of God, why is that? Because at the cross we read, God's power met the dog's power. And God's power at the cross defeated the dog's power at that time. So everything in my life, I'm going to see from the perspective or the eyesight of the cross. At the cross, sickness and disease was defeated in my life. At the cross, the devil was defeated in my life. At the cross, victory came into my life. At the cross, the anointing of God now is available in my life. At the cross, I'm going to live according to the cross and what took place at the cross because there's power in that. There's power in that to release what's already on the inside of us because they were all defeated at the cross. Say everything was defeated at the cross. So notice, when you get born again, it doesn't end, it starts. The new birth is not the end, oh good, I'm going to heaven now. It's the start of a kingdom life and a lifestyle with the power of God on the inside of you. Now notice what it says, what is the power of God in this scripture? What is the power of God? God. Come on! What is it? What does it say? Christ crucified. Read it. Read it. We just read it. The preaching. Say the preaching. Notice it doesn't even say the cross is the power of God. It says the preaching of the. Why is that? Because the more the cross and your victory and your dominance and your dominion and your power is preached to you, the more faith is going to come for your dominion and your power and your. That's why you've got to be careful who you listen to. Because a lot of people want to preach that you're on the cross. Uh Come on, you've gone through hell. That's just God's way of teaching you a good lesson. They're going to nail your feet next week and your hands next week. And anybody that tries to prophesy fear into your life, get away from them. You get enough fear with the world, you don't need somebody coming along, a spiritual deadhead, trying to prophesy something into your life that's going to mess you up. Praise God. Hallelujah. So notice, I'm going to look at everything from where? From the cross. At the cross, victory became mine. At the cross, healing became mine. At the cross, the anointing became mine. At the cross, I became a winner instead of a loser. At the cross, I became delivered from alcohol. I'm not going to get delivered later on. Delivered, praise God, when I receive Jesus. Because it's already provided for the cross. We sing that song. What was that song this morning? You, you take our sins away. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day you take our sins away. I want to sing, Oh, happy day you took my bottle away. Because yeah. to me, that's what the deliverance was. Sin wasn't my problem. Alcohol was my problem. Once I got rid of the alcohol got delivered, then sin was no problem anymore because I was sober and knew what I was doing for a change. Praise God. All right, go to Romans chapter 1. Right, Romans chapter 1, look at verse 4. Oh, we might as well just start at verse 1 and get it over with. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the good news of God, which he had promised before by his prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. And he was declared to be the Son of God with power, power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of what? The dead. Now notice, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power power. In other words, what it's saying here is the power that raised Christ from the dead. The greatest act that God has ever done with his power was to raise Christ from the dead. How many know that's called resurrection power? See, and that's why we can sing the song, I have resurrection power. I Because we don't believe it, see? If you really believe it, it'd be, I've got resurrection power. People look at you like you're nuts, living on the inside. What's the matter with him? He's in that crazy church. He acts like that all the time. No, I got a revelation, do you understand? I'm not singing that. I'm confessing that because I got that, praise God. And I ain't singing it to try to get it because I already got it, praise God. It's already on the inside of me. So that song means something to you, do you see? We're just not singing for funsies. We're singing because we're trying to get things on the inside of you by song and by preaching and by everything that we can. We just want to stuff you like a turkey, praise God, on Thanksgiving Day with the power and the glory of God to get a revelation of it on the inside of you, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1, you turkeys. Resurrection power, praise God. You ain't got a squirt on the inside of you this morning. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me, and he will quicken and strengthen my mortal body. My God, I'm talking strength into my body every day more than I ever did before. Started at about 50 and did it about every third week. Now i got to do it about every day. Praise God. Come on now. There's strength in my body today. I know what's in there. Come out of there. Do something. Do something to my body, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 17. This is Paul's prayer, basically, for the church. Ephesians 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding, exceeding greatness of his power to usward who... Oh, doggone it. Who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ. When? When He raised Him from the dead. What else? He set Him at the right hand in heavenly places. Where? Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in it is to come. And He has put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be head over all things, to the which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills. My God, that's a mouthful, isn't it? So what's Paul's prayer? Was, God, was Paul praying for God to send the power? Was God praying to send revival? Was he going to go to church to get the power? No, he prayed that we would get a revelation of the power that's already on the inside of us. What is it? Resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that seated him far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. The same power that broke the power of the dog off of his life once and for all. But we've got that power on the inside of us it's the same power and he's put the devil where under Under your feet say under your feet so if the devil's talking to you at all just go down and talk where he's at praise god don't talk any place let's look down there and find him And then talk to him if you want to talk to him a little bit. Don't be looking up here or looking around like he's someplace else because he's underneath your feet, praise God. And I've run into people constantly in my ministry that all, I need the power so bad. I just got to have the power. Lay hands on me. Give me the power. I want the power. I'm going here to get the power. There's a meeting over there. It's got the power. I'm going here. You don't need the power. You just need a revelation of the power that you've already got on the inside of you, and you're going to start changing the world, praise God. You don't have to run to revival to get a to get the anointing of God, you have it. If anything, revival ought to come to you. ought to come to you. Praise God. Why is that? Because there's resurrection power. Now, when you go places, does that stir up the power? Yeah. Does your anointing add to the anointing that's there? Yes. But if you're going there to beg for something you already got, you're going to be very disappointed when the meeting's over, praise God, because you had it all along and it's just your faith not in it that's keeping you back. So the resurrection power, now notice what he says. Look at verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power that He's holding back from usward? No, what is the exceeding greatness of His power? To usward. Say, to usward. God's trying to say, would you please get a revelation of this power that I've placed on the inside of you? It's to usward. It's to you. It's to you. I'm given to you. And let me tell you, let me tell you what it is. It's according to the mighty power that was at work when Jesus was raised from the dead and seated in heavenly places far above. How many know when God does something, He does it good? Aren't you glad He just didn't give us a smidget? Or a little dribble? Out of your belly shall dribble livers of rivers of living water. No, there's a flow, praise God, out of the inside of you. Why is that? It's a power flow that's on the inside of you that he's placed on the inside of you, but it's never going to flow if you don't believe it. Because it's to us word who do what? Believe. To believe, praise God. So say I have, I have. resurrection power resurrection. On, the on the inside of me. All right, one more, Ephesians chapter three. All right, Ephesians chapter 3, look at verse 14. Paul's praying again. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and those who are on earth is named. How many know you got family in heaven? Yes. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you'd be rooted and grounded in Love, You may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. How many know that's a mouthful? Praise God. What's he saying here? First of all, he wants you to be strengthened where? In your inner man, in your spirit man, on the inside of you. That's where your strength comes out of, basically, and gets into your physical body. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, How? By faith. Now, I was taught growing up, or I thought that way or something, that once I got born again, I really didn't have anything, and if I had enough faith to get it, I would have it. You know what I mean? Like, I know the anointing's out there someplace, and if I can just get enough faith, I'm going to get the anointing. If I can just get enough faith, I'm going to get my healing. If I can just get enough faith, I'm going to have prosperity. If I can just get enough faith, well, I didn't understand that he meant put faith in it because you already got it, not to get it. So I ain't putting faith in in Christ so that he comes, lives on the inside of me. I'm putting faith in the Christ that already lives on the inside of me. And the reason I know that is because the word says so, not because I had goosebump one or goosebump two, or somebody told me that they saw him on the inside of me. It's because he's on the inside of me, according to the word of God. So I'm going to put faith on the Christ that's on the inside of me, the anointing that's on the inside, the power of God that's on the inside of me. So notice on the inside of you, I'm going to put faith in the Christ and it would help you in your prayer time to include this stuff. Father, good morning. I just thank you for the anointing you placed on the inside of me today. I thank you for Christ living on the inside of me. I've got all the wisdom and knowledge I need today in every situation, every circumstance. I fully expect if I get into something that I don't know in the natural, your spirit out of the inside of me. If I need a scripture today, you already promised me that he would remind me of things that I've already heard. So I'm just going to know that he does that. Praise God. I thank you. I'm free today from sickness and disease. I thank you. I walk in victory in every single area of my life. I thank you at the cross. The dog has been defeated. I'm not afraid of dogs or have fear of anything because you've not given me a spirit of fear you give me a spirit of love power and of sight see that's a good way to pray not only does it good because you're in agreeing with god but it helpeth you yeah. mm-hmm. it's better than getting up and saying i feel terrible this morning i'm not going to make it today god i'm just hoping i get through this day praise god please help me in a situation i mean before long you'll be depressed yeah. you'd have been better off skipping your prayer time and pushing the snooze button for 15 yeah. minutes praise god Why? Because what you believe in, what comes out of your mouth, how many know what makes a difference in your life every single day? Hallelujah. So notice, not Christ in a church building. It's not talking about Christ someplace else. It's talking about Christ in you. Say, Christ in me. All right, look at verse 19. And to know the love of Christ. Say, the love of Christ." Christ. The love of Christ is put in here, I believe, because love is the key to faith. Faith worketh by. No, faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. So how's my faith strong? When I know that he loves me and is on my side. In other words, if you don't know that God loves you and you you think he's the one who put something on you, how are you going to have faith to get rid of what he put on you if it's his will to put it on you? You're certainly not going to have faith to get it off you Are you following me? But I know God loves me in every situation. In every situation, he wants the best for me. In every situation, he wants me to live by victory in every single area of my life. So it talks about the love of God. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ was past his knowledge that you might be filled. Here's where I want to go. I ain't kidding you. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now look at verse 20. He explains it a little bit. He gets you all excited. Hallelujah. Fullness of God. And then verse 20 says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's on the inside of us. So where's the power we're going to do things with? It's on the inside. But notice what it's according to. What you ask and what you think. I'm just powerless. Don't worry. You won't have to worry about any outbreaks. I can't heal the sick. Don't worry. You won't. Well, everybody prays in tongues, but I can't. Don't worry. You won't. You have to worry about anything that you're not going to believe in anyway, do you see? So what's he trying to do? Build our faith level. And I'll tell you, the more you stay in the Word and the more you get confident about the power of God on the inside of you, the more you'll start seeing yourself, not here, but in here, doing things that are in the Word of God. And if you can see them, thank them, and ask for them, then there's enough power on the inside of you to do them. In other words, you can't outthink the power on the inside of you. It's impossible. You can't do it. So it's according that we ask or think. That's why he says we need to renew our minds on the word of God. Be not conformed to this world the way it thinks, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may know and then we may prove. How are you gonna prove his perfect will? By the power that's on the inside of you and you're lined up in your thought life knowing that you got Christ on the inside of you, the hope of glory with the power of God and the power of God is bigger than the power of the dog. Praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. So God will do it. Hear people say all the time, God's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. Yeah, he's gonna do it by the anointing on the inside of you. God gonna do it. Yeah, he's gonna do it by the spirit that's on the inside of you. It's not whether God's just going to do it or not. It's whether you can move your thought life up into a new level, into a place where you allow what's on the inside of you to come out of the inside of you. Praise God. Say, I've got got resurrection power power on the inside of me. me. Say, I've got got the anointing anointing in me. me. I've got got Christ in me, me, my hope of glory. It's natural for me me. to heal the sick. sick. It's normal normal for for me to cast out devils because the dog, has been defeated. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I have resurrection power. I rule over situations, over circumstances, because of the Christ who lives in me. The dog will never agitate me anymore. The dog has no place in my mind, in my body, in my life in my thoughts, in my attitudes, in my family, in my church, you have no right, dog, to be in my life anywhere because I've been raised and I've been seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion and every name that is named. Dog, you're under my feet and you stay under my feet. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give Lord a hand clap this morning. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.